It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100-GAMBLER. Visit rg-help.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Let's roll, baby. Happy Friday, one and all. The East Coast Bias Boys back by popular demand for the second time this week. Joe House, Raheem Palmer, and just so everybody knows, we started off-air house. Our debate was not, you know, the NBA card or the weekend in college basketball. It was rank, thriller, off the wall, and bad because I saw the Michael Jackson musical. So it just goes to show the, the complexities and the versatility of the trio of gentlemen we have right here. Just throwing that out there right out of the gate. The depth and breadth of the East Coast bias should never be underestimated. This group right here brings it from all kinds of different angles. If anybody wants to sit down and talk about the best slice in New York, we're here for that. You want to rank Michael Jackson records? We're here for that. We also might talk about some bad NBA teams and try and come up with some opportunities this week. Am I right, Dream? Am I right? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, we could talk about anything. I mean, right now, we could rank De La Soul albums. Shouts to Spotify for finally getting De La Soul on the streaming services so you can listen to those albums today. Stakes is high. You know, you can listen to me, myself, and I. But, yeah, I mean, we can talk about this NBA card tonight because, I mean, we have a lot going on right now. We got, you know, conference um championships coming up at NCAA, so it's a great time to be a sports fan. Uh, I can't wait to dive into those next week. I already have a couple I have lined up. Now, the brackets, ladies and gentlemen, it's super important when you're going through conference tournaments and thinking about teams you want to wager on, you got to wait on those brackets because you can kind of carve the path for each of these teams to go and win, and you see, all right, roadblock here, easy draw here, and you kind of take it from there. 
House, we've been betting the NBA for a long time. You know, I was thinking about this last night, watching the Warriors absolutely kick the crap out of the Clippers. The Warriors have got to have one of the most eye-opening splits home road. And, and, and I don't have numbers to back this up. Like, I, I, I didn't go and have the crack staff give me research on teams, home road records over the last 20, 30 years. But off the top of my head, it has been insane how good they have been in their home building and just how poorly they've played away from their home building. It's crazy, dude. The thing to me in terms of that market contrast, and it is market and we could do the stats, we can get the data to show how different the splits are. But to me, it, it the more impressive thing is the rotating cast with, with Golden State, like different guys in different situations with different levels of health over the course of the season. And yet it, it doesn't seem to matter when they're at home, some kind of symbiosis with that crowd. They just get it rolling. It's always the third quarter. Dream sent this. I can't remember whether you tweeted it or whether it was in our private chat dream, but the Warriors are back to their their old shenanigans in these third corners coming out of halftime and kicking the living crap out of teams. Yesterday's game was a tale of two halves. I, I was on the Clippers last night. I thought the Clippers you know, might be rounding the corner in terms of the identity coming together. I mean, I, I felt like it was kind of unfair to circle the arrival of, of, of Russell Westbrook and say they haven't won since he arrived and there's some kind of uh, correlation there. I didn't re really think that was the case. They played uh, um, three tough games against tough teams uh, in their conference. And, you know, I, I, I thought the Clippers would be rounding into shape. That first half um, was kind of the recipe to me for the Clippers to be successful and to slow down the Warriors. And then they came out at, at halftime it felt like they must have been enjoying maybe some some vino from Napa, I, I you know whatever uh, uh, fresh bud was going on uh, up there in Northern California, because they were atrocious on both ends of, of 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 the floor, and it was a no game. It was a no contest. Game over. Yeah, I mean, like I was on the Clippers last night too, and I just thought it was a great spot for them to finally win a game with Russell Westbrook. But as you saw in that game, they weren't even guarding Russell Westbrook. I mean, there was nobody within 10 feet of this guy. Um, you know, the first half, it looked like they the, the Clippers were poised to win that game. They were up 61-49. And by the end of the third quarter, it, it just was a complete ass whooping. I, I mean, I just, I haven't seen anything like that. I mean, this Warriors team at home, I mean, it's, it's absolutely dominant. So, um, you know, when I look at this Warriors team, for them not have Steph Curry and to be able to dominate those third quarters the way they're doing, I don't think we can count this team out. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, getting Curry back, number one. Number two, look at where they're at house in the Western Conference. Everything that has gone wrong for the Warriors playing games on the road with a record of 7-23 and 23 on a year. House, if the season ended today, the Warriors, who have been in that, like, playing purgatory, like, all year, they're out of the playing right now. Like, if I had to make a sizable wager on it between now and the end of the year, I don't think the Warriors are going to be in the play, and I think they find their way to one of those top six seeds. Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. The, the thing to remember... Also with the Warriors, no Wiggins. Like it's not just Curry. They're missing their their the probably the most important sort of swing player in terms of of the NBA Finals last year, and he's been out for for a while now. The Warriors have all of a sudden pushed themselves all the way up 
to the five seed. And the really interesting thing is Phoenix with Kevin Durant. We see them tonight. They're in Chicago. Is Phoenix going to make enough of a push over these last uh, 18 to 20 games to catch the Kings? Are they go- are the Kings going to just keep lighting the beam? And are we going to get Phoenix Golden State in the first round? I mean, can you imagine that as the first round of the playoffs this year? I mean, that would be absolutely incredible. I mean, and, you know, I mean, the Warriors have had the Suns number, but, you know, with Kevin Durant in the line, I mean, he looked really good the other night. I mean, that could be the thing that that pushes the Suns over the top here. But if we get that matchup, it'll be absolutely incredible. All right, fellas. Golden State, Dallas, Clippers, Timberwolves. They're basically all separated by two games. Utah and New Orleans are a game behind those groupings of teams. I don't think Utah's catching any of them, obviously. I don't think New Orleans, with the way they've played, is catching any of them. Raheem, if you look at those four, we think Golden State ends up in the top six. Dallas, Clippers, Minnesota, who's the other team you think right now, gut feel, avoids the plan? I think if you're going to pick any of those teams to avoid the play in, I think it has to be... Ugh, this is a tough one. Um, I'm going to say the Dallas Mavericks. And the reason why I say that is because when you look at this Dallas Mavericks team, the defense isn't there, but the offense is just good enough to carry them on certain nights. And you saw it last night against the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, this offense is just, in the regular season, you can win games offensively. But, I mean, in the playoffs, it doesn't necessarily translate. And when you look at the rest of the teams in that conference, the Lakers, they're they're poised to make a a postseason run without LeBron James. You look at the Pelicans. I mean, outside of their game against the Blazers, they they really haven't played good basketball. And the Timberwolves have been up and down. The Clippers have just had a downright anemic offense this entire year. So I think the, the Mavericks are probably just, they're going to avoid the playing. I'm going along with Dream on this one. I think it's Dallas as well. Part of that calculus is the return of Maxi Kleber. That should translate into some improvement on Dallas. I mean, uh, Dream just to use the word anemic to talk about the Clippers offense. The same could be definitely said about that Dallas defense. But Kleber really is a game changer for Dallas in terms of providing a, a, a kind of anchor in the back and letting those wings push out a bit more. And it, the the further, you know, Josh Green's going to show up on the national stage here over these the, the remaining 20 games and in, into the playoffs. I just don't trust this Clippers team as far as I can throw them. I don't know who the hell they are. I don't think they know who the hell they are. This is proof positive that this load management thing, trying to build team chemistry, trying to build continuity, they 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 rested guys all the way up to the trade deadline, then they brought in three new players, and then they brought in Russell, Russell Westbrook. Are we just going to experiment with the team with the best lineup? I don't think Ty Lue knows who his best lineup is, and I don't think he's going to know until the playoffs start. And he's just going to have to bite down hard and go out there, but I don't trust the Clippers on, on either end. They are a bad defensive team, and they can't score the ball. They shot three for 22 in the second half from three. How about going and try and get some buckets? Paul George and Kawhi, go to the hole. Like, you know, try and slow this. You're going to let the the Golden State Warriors score 42 points in the third quarter. Why don't you slow the fucking game down for for a a minute or two? I mean, I'm sorry to F-bomb here on a Friday. Friday F-bombs. but Friday F-bombs. I was just disappointed. That's all. I, I can understand that. that guy. 
No, I totally understand that. Yeah, and- I, I, like I'm totally out on Ty Lue. And I, I think, you know, when you look at this, look at this Clippers team and we've already established before the All-Star break that their best lineup was with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Terrence Mann. And then they experiment on Russell Westbrook and they're not even playing their best best lineup at this point. So it's just like, if you're not going to play your best lineup, and like that lineup right now with Terrence Mann, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, they were scoring 127 points per 100 possessions and they had a net rating of plus 6.3 in all lineups with those three in, in the lineup. And if you put them in the starting lineup, they were like, and you add, I think it was Zubak and Marcus Morris. They were outscoring teams by 13 points per one to possessions. So for them to not be playing that starting lineup and add a non-shooter in Russell Westbrook, it tells me that this Clippers team is completely lost in the sauce. And I don't think they're ever going to find it. Well, and that's why the idea of bringing Westbrook in is as risky as it is. Listen, they tried to maybe catch a little lightning in a bottle, but he's a guy that when you put him out on the floor, you're not going to respect his outside shot. Unfortunately, he's going to yuck up way too many for your liking. I At the end of the day here, House, you got to look at Westbrook going to the Clippers. It will not end well with them. I, I, between the history of the franchise, Westbrook and his postseason history, I, I don't trust him at all, dude. I am out on the Clippers. I agree with you in terms of, you know, you, there, there's no basis on which to go ahead and invest any trust or, or resources in that thing. I will say what we've observed from him, I've been kind of impressed. He really was uh, pretty um, thoughtful about his shot selection last night, and he yeah. made some beautiful passes, right, Dream? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that's the one thing that the Clippers haven't had in the in the Paul George and Kawhi Leonard era. They haven't had a playmaker. And I think Russ has really added that playmaking element, but unfortunately the rest of his flaws are just – too big to overcome. You see him on defense, he kind of ball watches. There was a play in the third quarter where he completely ball watched on Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole got a wide open three. Or his inability to shoot, it just means that you don't have to guard him. So it's just tough to overcome even with his good playmaking. And one reason I like Dallas, too, to avoid that plan, schedule. We talk about this a lot, House, with teams that are tanking. They got a bunch of games with San Antonio and with Charlotte. I mean, when you got four or five games with those two teams, you shouldn't lose any of those suckers. Let's be honest, dude. With the way the Hornets and with the way... I know the Spurs had a win the other day. whoop they freaking do We know what they're trying to do. We know what their end game is trying to be. Dallas should be able to go and clean up against every single one of those opponents. Hornets multiple times. Spurs multiple times. That's money in the bank. It, it better be. They understand what's at stake in terms of positioning. I don't think they want any part of a play and especially with, with the Lakers kind of looming and what if LeBron's, you know, uh, reaction to this foot situation, he's able to get back and, and Anthony Davis can stay on the floor, you know, for three consecutive games. I don't think anybody wants to see the Lakers in the play in and you just can't, if you're uh, Dallas, you, you can't afford to drop down into that uh, playoff uh, situation. It's just too risky. So we're going to take a break. Eastern conference, One team going in one direction, another team going in another direction. And there's one team that, to me, has playing not only written all over it, but House gave me a brilliant suggestion the other day via text. And we have to share what that suggestion is for the listening audience. They deserve to know. That's coming up next. 
All right. House, before I give you all sorts of praise, I actually want an apology from the two of you guys. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> because when we were going through our NBA win totals adjusted at half, I told you guys Brooklyn under. And you guys kind of gave me a little pushback. Oh, Jock Vaughn, versatility. They're playing hard. I'm like, guys, they got too many moving parts. Sooner or later, the bottom is going to fall out from this team. Raheem, I watched them the other night against the Knickerbockers. They had no interest in playing defense. Zero. I mean, the Knicks, the, the Knicks had their best half of basketball offensively, I think I've seen in my entire life with Jalen Brunson and company. Um, the Nets now are double-digit underdogs against the Boston Celtics. Now I give you credit, House. You have to share with the audience. Now, you guys can tell me the Nets right now are not going to finish in the top six. That's all I need to hear. But what did you text us that I may have fired on that was, dare I say, a worthwhile suggestion? Well, I, I wish that we had this show yesterday when I pulled all, I was doing the research and everything because we could have given to all the betting buddies the fantastic number that, that was available. That number is not available any longer. The Brooklyn Nets, as of yesterday, when we were having this conversation on the thread, were available at plus 300 to, to, to miss the playoffs. And now it's all the way down to plus 245, I believe. So we missed out on a little bit of value. But look, the case is staring us in the face. You mentioned the, the defense. They are an abomination on defense uh, since the, the the trade deadline. Uh, second to worse in, in, in net rating. They're giving up almost 130 points a game. Um, it's, it's actionable tonight. Go find the Celtics team over and get on it now and get on it heavy. Don't wait. Rush. Rush and find the Celtics team over tonight. This Nets team... Six of the next seven are on the road. Their only breather is against Houston. It depends on how you 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 perceive Oklahoma City. But here's the thing with this version of, of the Nets and this spiraling, they're going to be in the play-in. Miami is jumping over them. And once they're in the play-in, you know, what what I don't know whether they're going to be seven, eight, or or, or nine, um, based on the swoon that I think they're 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 faced with. Who can, uh, who, who, who among the play-in do you feel like they'd have an advantage over? Not an advantage over Toronto, not an advantage over Washington, maybe an advantage over Chicago. I don't know. I don't know if Chicago's going to make it in. Definitely not an advantage over Atlanta. So, I th I mean, I think they're underdogs in, in every one of those games based on what is likely to occur over this next uh, 20, 20 games or so. You got plus odds for them to miss the playoffs. I like it. House, Fire. I still like it at plus 245. Yeah. I still like it. I still like it, Raheem. Yeah, I absolutely love it. I mean, when you look at this team, I mean, you know, it's so funny. House said they might not have an advantage over, they might they might not be underdogs to Chicago. They just lost to Chicago about 44 points. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you look at this Nets team over the last two weeks, they're being outscored by 15.3 points per round of possessions. They're dead last in defense. They're 28th in offense. I think this team is spiraling really fast. It kind of doesn't make sense to me because I really like the pieces on the team. I like Dinwiddie. I like um, Dorian Finney-Smith. I just think they have a ton of good pieces. I like Mikael Bridges, but they're not putting it together. So um, it's pretty clear that this team is not going to make the postseason. And I like Cam Johnson, too. He's a guy who can get buckets. We saw that in Phoenix. We saw that in North Carolina. I, I, I think the problem with them, though, guys, is you have 
this amount of new pieces in a short amount of time, gaining cohesion, gaining chemistry, figuring out who's who, what's what, like that's, it's a lot to ask. And then for the other guys on the team, it's the silver lining of, it's not even a silver lining, it's bad terminology. It's this burden of, we had to deal with all this KD Kyrie nonsense. Now it's the idea we got to learn new teammates. How's it reaches a point where it's like, you know what? Let's get to the offseason. Let's figure out who's going to be a part of this team. And then we can grow as a team. But right now it's kind of, it's a tough ass to try to put it all together at this late in the game. Yeah, the pod father um, said it right. I feel bad for Seth Curry. Seth Curry deserved better than this outcome. And he really could have been a helpful guy down the stretch for for a, a contender. He should be for somebody, on a contender. Yeah, no doubt. Right. No doubt. And, and, you know, the poor Nick Claxton, Seth Curry, and I guess Joe Harris, although, you know, I don't really he's feel bad for Joe Harris. He's been an absolute stiff. We don't feel bad for Joe <laughs> yeah. Harris. Nah, he's been but terrible. Those guys, you know, are living with the hangover. And then all these new guys, uh, somebody from the Action Network, shout out to your ex-colleagues, uh, Dream, made a great mm-hmm. joke. He called it with his, it's eight wings. It's a box of eight wings, but they're all flats. There's no drums in this box. <laughs> they're, they're all flats. And it's a great joke, and, and it's right on the money. Like, you know, I, I think this is a chemistry experiment and you know there isn't really any uh impetus for them to what, what's the point for 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 brooklyn to even what, what get to the eight and then get get hammered out by by the bucks in the first round or the celtics i i don't know i i like it much better um you know it, they're going to continue this experiment and i think it's going to continue to go poorly fellas i can't believe i'm saying this tonight and I was going through the lines. I'm like guessing in my head, all right, Knicks heat. Heat by one, heat by two, heat by two and a half. You know, the Knicks are never favored against Miami. Ever, 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 ever favored against Miami on the road. Raheem, I wake up this morning. The Knicks, my red-hot Knicks, undefeated since they've made the Hard trade. Two and a half. Road favorites at Miami. Is that Jimmy Butler related? What gives with that line, dude? What gives? Yeah, it appears to be Jimmy Butler related. He is questionable due to right knee soreness. My model actually makes the Knicks minus one and a half point favorites. I mean, when you look at this Heat team, they just haven't been very good all season. Um, You know, offensively, they're just 25th on offensive rating. Now, the defense has been top five, but I mean, over the last couple of weeks, I mean, They've slipped to 14th, and you know, there's 30th in offensive rating over the last couple of weeks. So I can understand why that line is where it is, but you definitely want to wait for the Jimmy Butler news. House, get in, man. They're telling you something with the Knicks being favored by two and a half in that game. They're See, telling this, you something. It's a, proceed, it's a proceed cautiously. I, you know, the thing that 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 concerns me is that this is the time for Miami to start rounding in the form. And putting that 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 scare into everybody. Do you know that the way the the Eastern Conference is situated right now? And I think it if I had to gamble on it, this would be the most likely matchup in the first round. I believe it lines up for the Philadelphia 76ers to be playing the Miami Heat. Is is that right? That even is correct. The, it would even be if Philly the Heat Miami win their division, right? Yes, that's right. I mean, talk about a first round knockdown. That's a 10-rounder of, of, of big boys. That's heavyweights. I mean, Jimmy Butler up the, the Philadelphia fans. Jimmy Butler revenge series. Are you kidding Uh-oh. me? Are you well, it's not even revenge. They, it's they not even Philly. revenge because they, 
They just they just beat us last year, yeah, four to two. Exactly. So, I, I, More revenge. I mean, I kind of add on to yeah, it. I think it's Philly's revenge, and I, I think it's 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 one of those things to where the Sixers have some demons that they have to overcome. But I mean, this is a tough one because the the Heat tend to drag us down into the mud. So Raheem, I'm in on the Knicks tonight, laying two and a half. Can I get the endorsement? Mm. No, that didn't seem like yes. Uh, the, the issue is for me is that if Butler gets ruled in, this line's going to come down. So you tell um, me I should wait on it. The thing is, I mean, I think you're kind of making a gamble because there's some threes popping up in the market now. Um, and if you can get two and a half and then Butler is ruled out, this line goes up. So it's kind of like you kind of got to make a, a guesstimate of what you think is going to happen. Oh, but, great. Um, I, mean, I don't my like model guesstimate. Makes All right, so you just told me. I'm going to stick to my guns there. I'm going to take it at two my and a half. My model makes this game one and a half, though, so... All right, so we're losing a little bit of value. House, who are the tanking teams we're looking to fade this weekend? Um, well, it's not necessarily tanks that I have lined up for tonight. I like um, a couple of different situations, and I'm going to play this in a money line parlay because, as you guys know, down this stretch, I like hunting for that's what you have to do. Yeah, of money course. line parlays is exactly right. Um, so the Suns are in Chicago, and Denver is home against Memphis. The Suns absolutely own the Chicago Bulls. They've won six straight, and then over like the last 20 games, it's 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 a crazy number that the Suns have won outright. The Bulls are are swooning three and seven straight up, two and eight against the spread over the last 10. This is kind of the end of the line with this this uh Bulls crew from my perspective. And the Suns are just revving up. They understand every single game for the Suns for the rest of the season is of vital importance. They got to get KD integrated. They got to get that flow going. They can't lose any games and, and drop down in the sand, in, in the seedings. So I like very much the Phoenix perspective. And then Denver, this is just a revenge game. They just um, had their ass handed to them uh, in, in Memphis uh, on Saturday. Uh, you know, they, they in, in, in a ironic twist, uh, Jokic was able to, to, to basically rest. They got him a rest during a game night because of how, uh, Memphis came out. Um, the splits for Memphis on the road compared to how they perform, uh, at home, you know, noticeable. And and that's not like a, that's a league wide kind of situation, but they're, they're under 500 against the spread. I just like, um, Denver handling their business the way they have. They have a superb record at home, both, uh, straight up and against the line. Nice revenge angle for Denver. Moneyline parlay of the Bulls and Denver, I believe, gets you all the way up to plus 140. Uh, Denver and, and Phoenix, I meant to say. Yeah, I, I really like that Nuggets pick. I think that's a, that's a great one. I mean, great revenge spot. I mean, we've spoken at length about, you know, how the Grizzlies struggle in the half court. And we know this Nuggets team, I mean, they're one of the best half court offenses in the league. And in that game, to me, I felt like that game, that loss said a lot more about Denver than it said about the Grizzlies, I just felt like, you know, the non-Jokic Denver players, they just struggled to score the ball. They only shot 40% from the field and 29% from three. I think they'll shoot much better at home, and they should be able to get it done. So I, I like that pick. Uh, my only counter to the two of you, and maybe you could explain this, Raheem, why did this Phoenix-Chicago game go from six to three and a half? I'm not seeing any injury-related stuff. So, I mean, I, I think that is very interesting. My model actually, I mean, my full season numbers put this at, I mean, I've, it, it's it's very difficult to, to 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 have full season numbers on the Suns because yeah, they because had nobody anybody. played. They had a ton of guys yeah. with injuries, and now they just added Kevin freaking Durant for goodness sakes. 
Yeah, so I, I can understand why this line has moved towards the Bulls. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to, you know, come up with a line there. Here's another one, though. House, explain this one to me. Golden State's been money at home. And I know they're playing the second night of a back-to-back. How are they only four and a half point favorites against the Pelicans tonight? I, I think it's just that. It's the second game off a of back-to-back. And I feel like it's a it's a hedge number. Because over the course of the day, we'll get the injury report. We'll see if there's any rests on the Golden State side. I would anticipate it. But on the other hand, you know, they just caught that bit of good news with Draymond on Monday with a clean MRI. If this if there was a situation to rest Draymond, tonight w- might, might be it. Uh, I exp- I think Wiggins is, is still out for sure. We know that Curry's not in it. So, um, and, and it's really tough. The Pelicans have been one of the most difficult teams for me to get a read on uh, really since, since um, you know, the when they went on their losing streak after Zion got hurt, they went on that 10-game losing streak. I haven't been able to figure out. They've been wildly inconsistent. Um, so I, I, I every game featuring the, the Pelicans to me is a stay away. They make me nervous. This line is very complicated for me because when you look at the fact that the Clippers were laying what, three and a half yesterday? And now the Pelicans are catching four. So you're telling me that the Clippers are going to be seven-point favorites on a neutral f- floor against the Pelicans team? It's just way that too much of a market correction for you. Way too yeah, much. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, I know that the Warriors have won. They won four straight. They're five and two straight up and against the spread in their last seven games. But I just think this this number has been corrected a little bit too much. That's why you saw the open at five and a half is down about four, four and a half. I would be leaning towards the Pelicans. Um, but obviously, you do want to look at that injury report. They are still missing some guys. Jonas Valanciunas is the game time decision. Nance is still out. Zion is still out. Alvarado is still out. But I do think the Pelicans can probably keep this close and possibly win. But at this point, the Santa Clara Warriors would probably be the NBA team as long as they're playing at home. (laughs) Before we say goodbye, we're going to take a quick break. Guys, I have a future for you guys to bet for next week. We don't have brackets yet in any of these conference tournaments, but there's something that caught my eye that's just way too low. And I'm starting to put the pieces together to why this is the way that it is. I'll tell you what it is next. All right, so we don't have brackets for any of these conference tournaments yet. There's regular season games on Saturday. Uh, Some of the smaller conference tournaments are going on right now. House, remember I said this. I'm listening. Villanova, who is 500 this year, they've not been great, but they were missing their best player for about two-thirds of the year. They have biggest conference tournament odds in my backyard at Madison Square Garden. Marquette, plus 300. UConn, plus 350. Creighton, plus 430. Xavier, plus 460. All those teams are tournament teams. Why do I bring this up? Villanova is only plus 650 to win the Big East tournament. They have to win the Big East tournament to get into the NCAAs. They will not, they will not get in unless they win the whole thing. They got Justin Moore back. Remember, he tore his ACL last year. He's playing great for them. I'm telling you, and I don't know what the bracket's going to look like. I'm taking a stab at Villanova at plus 650 to win the Big East tournament because that line is too low. I'm in on it now. Remember I said it. Villanova plus 650 to win the Big East tournament. I am firing on that. I am taking a shot. 
They have a little juju in Madison Square Garden. It's worth the lottery ticket for me. I wish the number was higher, but I think the number being as low as it is tells you they got a legit shot at this bad boy. I have nothing but respect for Villanova. Uh, and, you, you know, the the case that, that you just made sounds right to me. I'll go ahead and tail that with, with a little bit, a little bit of a lottery ticket. That's okay with me. Yeah, get on. Raheem, plus 650. Doesn't that seem low for a team that's only like two games over 500? Um, I think the the issue with Villanova is that they've hey, they've struggled in close games this year. They um, have, but they were missing their so, best player. But let's be fair about this: their best player was out for about three months. That is true. Okay, that's that's a good point. So well, I'm yeah, saying, I mean, hey, you got them back now. They've won some games. They've generated some momentum. Like all you need to know, Providence, who I love, I love Ed Cooley. They're ranked. They're in a tournament every year. They have higher odds to win the Big East tournament than Villanova does. I just think oh, that that's all. I, I just think they're telling you something with that line. And then House, I want to throw these at you for the ACC. Miami and Duke, no value. They're a plus two ninety. Do you have any interest in either Duke at plus five hundred or Carolina at plus six hundred to win the ACC tournament? So we think that Carolina has done enough now to make it in. Are we across the threshold with them, or do they have to like win a I couple think they more need games? This game. I think they need this game Saturday against the Dukies for okay. what it's worth. Well, then I think I'm, they need more. I like sitting here right now because if they beat Duke on, on on Saturday, how does that change? That that would get them across the line, and then would they be as motivated to win the ACC tourney? Or, See, I still think they need work. Okay, I, I, If I'm them, I don't want to put myself in that position. So I, for one, kind of like the idea. Like, Duke Carolina, there's more motivation from a Carolina standpoint to play well in Greensboro for what yeah. it's worth. Well, the other part of it to me is if they really feel like they've found something, right? They've stumbled onto something in terms of, of recapturing what they had on last season's run. You don't want to do anything to undermine that. You just want to keep collecting these W's, keep playing, you know, with the up tempo they've been they've been playing. I I I've what, what's the number? Plus 600 to win the ACC tournament? Plus 600 on Carolina. I mean, it almost feels like you. when when are you ever going to get that number for a team that was in the national final last year, right? That's what I'm saying. Okay. I, I like that. I like that value right there. I mean, what you know, the thing that's terrible, this is what a sick degenerate I am. I'm definitely parlaying Villanova, North Carolina. You know that. You oh, know see, I am now parlaying. we're getting crazy. <laughs> now, you, now you're just taking the two on. See, I like the Villanova one a lot more than the Carolina one, but I'm even talking myself into Carolina at plus 600, Raheem, as crappy as they've been all year. I'm, I'm not mad at that at all. I'm not mad at that at all. <laughs> so we'll have on Tuesday a, a bunch of picks for the conference tournaments as I dive into the odds, the fellas dive into the odds, and we'll actually know what the brackets are going to be that's the other thing right now. We don't know who's matching up with who. We can kind of guess. We can try to figure it out. But right now, we're kind of just spitfiring. Um, you have a play of the day, Raheem House. What's it going to be? All right. We're going to go with the Boston Celtics, Brooklyn Nets over 227. Um, we're also going to go with the New York Knicks, Miami Heat under 216. Um, I like both of those on the totals. Um I'm going to go with House's play as well. I I like the Denver Nuggets. I mean, I always like to fade the the Grizzlies on the road. So those are my three plays for today. Yeah, and I'm tailing uh, Dream. I like the Celtics team over and the Nets team under in that game, which is, you know, just another way of of saying that I like the over in in that game as well. And then um, I'm playing that Moneyline parlay of Denver and Phoenix together tonight. Those are my 
favorite plays of the, on the board. Yeah, I'm riding that money line parlay with you, although I'm very concerned about why that Phoenix-Chicago line has fallen two and a half points. And then I'm also on the New York Knickerbockers. Red hot Knicks. You know what? Got to put your cojones down on the table every now and again. Uh, I think they find a way to get it done in Miami. I think it's pretty telling that they're favored now by two and a half points and money flooding in on my red hot New York Knickerbockers. I will have a bunch of college plays for him Saturday. I don't have them right now because they they don't put up the lines. They take too long to put up the damn lines. So I don't have East Coast bias. We've been hot the last two Saturdays, winning Saturdays. So we'll try to keep that the theme, oh, my man. Uh, speak, speaking of Saturday, I'm going to Philadelphia 76ers plus five and a half. And we're going to sprinkle a little bit on the money line for Saturday night against the Bucks. I think this is a prime get-back spot for the Philadelphia 76ers against the Bucks. Bucks have won 16 straight games. And I know the public is going to be all over the Milwaukee, Bucks. 100%. 100% yeah, a nationally I mean, televised game. I'm with Sixers you. Sixers come off that national nationally televised loss against the Dallas Mavericks. So I'm going to wait for the public to steam that up a little bit. I'm seeing five and a half right now. I think this line should be around three and a half if you, if you ask me. So take the Philadelphia 76ers. Here they come. I'm with him on that one, House. I'm Sixers with him Saturday too. night. Yes, we're all on Sixers Saturday night. We got that, that Saturday night Philly fever. Well, Saturday night Philly fever. I like the sound of that. Let's go with one more. Let's go with the Toronto Raptors. They got blew out the other day by the Washington Wizards. They've been playing a lot better, but they were in a, kind of in a bad spot. I like the Raptors on, on Saturday as well. Wow, look at Raheem digging deep on Saturday already, House. I can't even get through Friday. <laughs> it's a zig and a zag. The, the, the Raptors cannot afford to lose games to teams like Washington in this playoff situation. It's very well, they're precarious. Both, they're basically neck and neck That's if you a think fact. about it. Yes, they're right it, there. And I was prepared to invest in Toronto, but they are so bad offensively. And that performance that they put on, there's also weird stuff going on. Nick Nurse only played Pirtle 10 minutes in the first half. They had a, a noticeable advantage. When 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 Pirtle played, they were like plus double digits. I think it was like plus 19 for all of the 32 minutes that Pirtle played, but he only played 10 minutes in the first half, and they basically got in a hole that they couldn't get themselves out of. FVV can't shoot right now. I'd very much like Toronto on the bounce back. It's also in Washington, so they were they didn't have to go anywhere. There isn't any like additional sort of travel uh, obligations for them travel, uh, you know, imposition on, on their well-being. I like them. Five o'clock game here in Washington. I'm joining Dream on on the Raptors on that one. A lot of Saturday plays all of a sudden. Raheem's got two he likes. We're riding Philly Fever. Definitely like the sound of that. Um, I'll have the college plays for Saturday. I'll be in the lab Friday night. Maybe over an old fashioned. Maybe over a tequila club soda. I don't know what the Friday cocktail of choice is going to be, but mark my words, there will be one. For House, for Raheem, good job by the Wargon Warrior. We're back Tuesday, Championship Week, Degenerate Week. I mean, I'm betting games at noon and 2 and 5 and 7. House, you'll be on. I I know you say you don't bet college basketball uh, next week. I'm dragging you. March. Now I start I'm, betting college basketball. I'm on, JJ. I'm, <laughs> I'm bringing you into the cesspool, baby. Welcome, welcome, welcome. That's the bottom line. The boys are out. We'll see you Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend.